Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. Another week, another episode. Very excited to bring this one to you. So today's guests are Gillian Anderson and Jennifer Nadel. Gillian Anderson, you probably recognise that name. She is an actress, an activist and a writer, probably best known for her iconic roles in The X-Files and The Fall. Jennifer Nadel is a qualified barrister who, after reporting for the BBC and Channel 4 News, became ITN's Home Affairs editor. She has also written a non-fiction book, which was turned into a Channel 4 documentary, and she wrote a novel in 2015 called Pretty Thing. Together, they've written a book called We, a manifesto for women everywhere. I love the fact that they wrote this book together. Gillian and Jennifer are very good friends and they have stumbled along together, figuring stuff out, learning, failing, crying, laughing, and it's all wrapped up in the book. We is not a big, heavy, theoretical read, but instead it's a rallying cry to inspire you to create a life with more meaning and purpose. Each chapter gives you a tool. They're really practical and really helpful to help you find a more fulfilling way of living life. It's a really wonderful book with lots of brilliant advice and I couldn't help but feel like the authors were passing on advice to their younger selves. I really recommend you pick up a copy and I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I absolutely loved speaking to them. Here it is. So I'm here with Jennifer Nadel and Gillian Anderson, the authors of We, a manifesto for women everywhere. And I already have said just before recording how much I enjoyed it. Genuinely so grateful that you've written this book. It's wonderful. I think one of the reasons I found it so engaging and also really quite personal, it felt like you were talking to just me when I was reading it, is the fact that you're both friends. And I really love that. This has come from a friendship as well. Um, so I wanted to ask, how was it writing together and working together, having been friends for so long before? It could have gone one mm. of either ways. It could either have ended our friendship or brought us closer. And, and I found it really rewarding. We both brought different things. And I'm just so glad that I was doing it with Gillian and not on my own. Writing can be quite a lonely mm. process, as you know, because you've written a book last year so um, it was just great to do it with a good friend um, and part of uh, what's in the book part of some of what we write about is our own egos and getting really honest about um, where we're coming from and if we're coming from a place of ego and I think certainly anytime one collaborates on something but particularly if one collaborates with a friend who you care about and you want to maintain that relationship after there's a there's a constant checking of putting ego at the door and um and just listening and being open and accepting and letting go and and that that is a part of the the whole process and I have to say you know that my experience of working with Jen is that she you know very much knows uh, you know, very much comes from a humble place and willing to collaborate and you know accept opinions and and uh, it's yeah yeah because I also love how some bits are kind of clearly written very much together and then you've got the personal first person bits as well so you really get you get to see and hear the voices both of you very different voices I found myself kind of having to check myself and I was reading the first few um, pages of actually realising that although you can be very, very successful, as you both are, so hugely successful, that you might still have problems too. And I feel like that's such a 
stigma on the other side of well you can't surely you don't have anything going wrong in your life and I have to really remind myself especially even on social media people look like they're fine and they might not be was that difficult for you both to write about or did you find it quite easy actually kind of talking about that stuff well it's really um you know, I've I've been asked quite a lot to um, speak when I do comic cons and stuff like that. You end up doing panels, and um, and so to a small degree, I, I've talked about this before, and and it's it's always important for me to show up as I am uh, on where, when the opportunities when you know I might not necessarily be brave enough to 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 do that on the red carpet but there are certain opportunities where yeah. I feel like I, it's important that you know if I'd, I in that morning I didn't have time to brush my hair or to actually wash it and I've still got the same you know when I do comic cons I wear pretty much the same outfit for the whole weekend so I'm not you know and making choices like that is has become important for me to show that I too wear the same jeans every way every week I too wake up in the morning and think oh my god I don't think I can do this day I too experience anxiety and struggle under societal pressures and struggle with motherhood and struggle with all these things and there's something um, that I'm hearing back that that I, I didn't actually expect that so many people would welcome um, that degree of honesty I, I, I you know I think we suspected it to a degree and I've certainly felt that myself when I've identified with somebody else that I had preconceptions about but to to be a part of that on the other side and to hear back what I'm you know I, you know people often saying really I, wow and I had no idea that 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 it might be healing for other people to actually hear that degree of honesty of me being naked and and showing that I am human mm. and that we're all works in progress. And so many of us compare our insides with other people's outsides. We look at how people look on the outside and, and then compare that with how mm. shit we can feel about ourselves. And part of what the book is about is about just agreeing collectively that we're going to stop pretending, stop pretending that we know the answers, stop pretending that we've got it all sorted. And I certainly was educated to think that when, you know, when I got certain things, then I'd be happy. When I got my career sorted, then I'd be happy. When I got the relationship, then I'd be happy. When I got the kids, then I'd be happy. And it's not true. I underlined that bit. It, it's the bit that says um, success is a is the horizon that keeps moving backwards. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've highlighted it, but I can't remember the exact phrase, but it was about how it's never a finish line, that was it. And I wondered, was there anything particular in your in your careers, um, both of you, where you thought, oh, this is it, this is the finish line, this is the thing that's gonna make me feel amazing forever, and then you realize, actually, oh no, you want another thing. I've had so many moments like that, <laughs> so too. many. Um, I remember I thought I, I had a book published in my 30s and I thought all I want is to be a published author it's all I want and it was published and then I went to the bookstore and I was and I thought oh my god there are so many published books it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything at all so then I would look for the next challenge and finally you know I had the job that I'd wanted since my teens which was to be a national reporter with a camera and a microphone able to challenge anyone who was in they were doing wrong and it was absolutely what I wanted and I was really lucky to get that but 
I woke up one morning and just thought I can't go on. It doesn't matter how brilliant it is, I feel like shit on the insides and um, I can't do it anymore. I've got to go inside and do the work on my inner landscape because it doesn't matter what I've got on the outside, it does not fix me. Mm. Was it a coincidence that you both went through this, it seems like, at the same time? Well, it wasn't necessarily at the same time, I don't think. I mean, my experience, my um, more intense experience with that happened probably in my, between my mid-twenties and my mid-thirties. And certainly my, one of my most difficult, emotional, challenging periods of time happened in my early twenties. And then, um, I don't know, (laughs) I've had a few along the way. But I think that, you know, so there is such a, a pressure on the one hand when one is you know, highly successful in the public eye or is that a degree of, you know, public responsibility to, you know, to keep the artifice alive and, and up. And I think I, I certainly felt in my younger years that once I got to that place, it, it would it would be the answer it was everything that I'd, I'd wanted. And it's so, it really, really isn't, you know. and But fortunately, already by that time, I'd already... Um, come across some of this stuff and at least you know during those years I had meditation I had tools I had I had don't think I'd started yoga yet but um, um, there were certainly tools that I had that had I not had them my experience of that period of time would have been completely different mm. it must feel great once you'd realized um, all these tools because there's nine in the book aren't there of it's very I love the format of it because it's actually very simple and I love how much you're saying in the book this isn't a to-do list and this isn't something to add to the never-ending kind of stresses of life and it's it's a very relaxing book Mm -hmm. and I wondered how long did it take you to get to these sort of nine and 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 was it that you actually had more and you had to narrow it down or I, I was just interested in that process. It's a really interesting question because the nine kind of emerged we look at everything we looked at everything we wanted to say and everything that we would want to convey you know, to someone else, particularly to our younger selves, I think. And it just, the nine just emerged from that pile of knowledge and experience on the table. That was that was the number that made themselves known. But, but they also moved around quite a lot. And in terms of choosing what the actual um, heading was for each of the chapters, for instance, the fact that, you know, coming to the fact that uh, kindness is actually love in action, and um, mm-hmm. you know there were there were um, kind of realizations that yeah, we, we had, had a debate about that. Yeah. You know, should we call it kindness? Should we call it compassion? And one of the other struggles we had was that a lot of the chapters, you know, like we have a chapter called trust, but actually it was about fear, and that mm. that was the problem. So a lot of them are about their opposites. Yeah. So their opposites yeah. exist within them so yeah. that was another so, so for instance debate. courage courage is ultimately about about the resentments that we hold and 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 the anger that's inside us and the the, the fear around tapping into that and but it's under the heading courage because that's ultimately uh, a lot of what one needs in order to dig deep into those sometimes very very dark places that's so interesting I, I was really when I was reading I was thinking this has clearly taken like layers and layers of kind of working out to get to it and but it's not in words that are in any way alienating either it's very Mm. day-to-day language I like that you talked about money as well and all of these sort of taboos that I don't know if women we 
well, I don't like to generalise, but I don't know if, for example, me and my friends or just in general, I wouldn't know really where to go to talk about that. But it seemed like there were sort of taboos that aren't really talked about and quite a lot of other books are talked about in here and I just really appreciated that. Mm. Were there any things that you just thought we need to kind of spread the word about this? It's still not being spoken about enough. I guess depression is one of them mm. and, and money. And menopause, which may not um, be on your, <laughs> your, mm. your immediate response list yet, but uh, definitely um, I feel like I should know more about it anyway then. We should all know more yeah. about it. We should all know more about it. Mm. Yeah, I mean... I was horrified when it happened to me and no one had told me. I was like, why have other women not alerted me to the fact that this is going mm. to be happening to my body? So, um, Let alone mm. doctors and practitioners and society that, you know, there are so many opportunities along the way for it to be built into the mm. public school system to alert you to yeah. what is happening later on because it, it, do, it does significantly affect 50% of the population and it's really important to have... And the men who are interacting with us while we yes. go through it and it's something... You must we think have. that we are absolutely mad. Something's happened to their, mm. part, you know, to their yeah. wives or, you know, when actually it's something that we... we sh- we should not have shame around and fear and there should not be taboos around it would be something that is just a part of the conversation because it's it's part of nature yeah absolutely one of the things that in the in the book is about perimenopause which is what i'm in right now which can happen for up to 10 years before proper menopause which is when you actually lose your period that you can start getting symptoms in perimenopause for up to a decade prior to that and um and so sometimes starting in women's 30s you know and i've got i i too have a couple of friends who have said over time yeah there's a period where my mother just kind of lost her mind not really you know and and we started to have the conversation that you know it was it was probably it was probably menopause or perimenopause that they were going through and yet it just wasn't you know it was just that period that mom went through when she was particularly angry or particularly um hysterical or particularly unable to cope yeah because that falls under the category of we've be, kind of been conditioned to not look after ourselves and just look after others and like oh just i'm just just having the menopause just means i can't sleep and all this stuff <laughs> it's fine that is it exactly and you know from early on as women particularly we're taught to self-abandon we're taught to look after others you know the definition of being good that society gives us is being selfless you know to take care of ourselves can often feel selfish self-indulgent and make us feel like we're not a good person but if we don't take care of ourselves we end up at risk of depression at risk of self-harm and of much less use to those we love and, and people in the wider community. So it's actually essential. Do you have any advice for those moments? Because the bit as well that I absolutely loved was um, about people pleasing. Because I just do it, I've, I've actually agreed to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, of course. Because I know it will just be a helpful thing for someone else, which is obviously not a bad trait to have, but where's the line with well what we say in the book is that people pleasing is really a form of dishonesty so saying yes when you mean no is actually telling a lie no and and the reason it's not good is because we can do it we can be really good and help the person we've said will help but then often we end up really resenting them or feeling so frustrated that we take it out on someone else who doesn't deserve it they've got nothing to do with it whatsoever and yet we've kind of got this resentment because we said yes when we mean no and it also doesn't do the person that we've said yes to 
any favours because we're there not really wanting to be there and how unkind is that to someone to let me think <laughs> that we want to be with them when we don't it's just hideous so but it is a habit and, and it takes a long time to get rid of that habit <laughs> It's true. This is the honesty of the book. Why everyone needs yeah. it. <laughs> it is. But um, in a work context as well, did was there any moments where, in a professional world, you know? Oh, so many things in my in my early years that I would say yes to, and still struggle sometimes where people in my life say to me, what? "You have no time." You know, you keep saying yes to these things. You keep, you keep, you know, what? At what point are you going to start properly, properly saying no? And I've, I've, you know, my, I've only just really properly started that over the last six months. I've been talking about doing it for such a long time, and I do, you know, I, I carve out time for my kids, and I carve out. Um, I mean, that's my marker. My marker is I work and I'm with my kids. I work and I'm with my kids. I work and I'm with my kids. And I keep saying to myself, I'm going to take time. I'm going to, between those <laughs> things, I'm going to take some time for myself. And, and you know, I do a lot of the practices on a regular basis that are in the book. But the one area that I really struggle with, and this is another form of self-care, which is creating that space, even if it's just to do absolutely nothing. You know, even if it's just, and it does in my life, unfortunately, it needs scheduling. I just, if I don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. If I don't sit on my hands, if I don't put my phone somewhere else, if I don't, certain things, to, things are actions that I need to take to actually enforce it because left to my own best devices, I, I won't. I will people. I will do what other people want me to do. I will answer that email. I will write that thing. I will do. You know. I love that the idea of scheduling in like a kind of block of no- nothing. Absolutely, it's so vital because if you look at nature, you know fields need to lie fallow in order to produce crops, and we are no different. You know, if you look at pregnancy, there's this invisible period where something's growing, and it only becomes visible much further down the line so unless we allow ourselves those gaps there's no room for creativity and the things that really bring nourishment and reward Mm. to happen and is that the same with kind of time spent online Uh, or do you feel like it's that's not something that I don't spend much time. I mean, I the, the only online time I really spend is in emails. And so, I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that I mean, I don't. I'm never on the internet. I don't go on the internet. I don't. You know, the, one of the areas that I look forward to creating for myself, actually, but maybe in more um, three-dimensional form, is is new stuff, books, and that kind of stuff, which is the stuff that goes to the wayside. But I don't. I don't do online shopping. I don't do. I don't do any of that online stuff it's oh or twitter i'm not on twitter i'm not on instagram i'm i don't get news through i'm not on facebook i've got somebody who does that because i don't i haven't my, my brain is full yeah. even as it is and i don't that's the only way that i can manage it is if there's stuff that i need to see i will be alerted but most of it i have to just keep off it is enough time on the phone as it is Especially with creativity and creating things, I'm sure that mm. the amount of times where you're stuck with a notepad, it's amazing what you can actually mm. get done. Yeah, I, I have a really bad Facebook habit, I have to say, mm. which is really <laughs> not good. And as a writer, you know, you have to do that. And I've employed all those internet blocking tools that you can buy mm. so that when I'm writing, I can't get online because it's really a form of self harm. You know, I've got this moment to do what it is that I love doing and how I earn my livelihood 
but but instead of doing it, I think, oh, I'll just check this, or I'll just check that, or I'll just share this article. And the time that I really needed has gone. Mm. So, yeah, it's a battle. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to ask is what you're excited about can be professional or personal for this year. It feels like we're kind of still at the beginning of the year, even though it's March. Even though it feels like the um, end of the year, really. <laughs> yeah, and because this book is, is about taking action. I feel like we're in a time we need to take action on things we're thinking about. Well, I think we want to make sure as many people as possible know about this book and um, we hope that people will read it in groups so that they actually have face-to-face -face contact or gather together online so we're looking forward to seeing that happen and um, then hopefully in between that I'll get back to writing my next novel. Exciting. And I uh, after this have a, a bit of a break that I haven't I've decidedly not scheduled anything into um, and I'm looking forward to doing some of the stuff that I you know that have been on my list since we started writing this as I've started to think about you know as we do these exercises in the book there's some of them that are just part of my life there are some tools that are just just a part of how my brain works now and there are some things that are that I continue to work on and one of those things is about making sure that I you know that I that I spend that I spend time with books that I spend time with current events that I actively spend time doing the things that are going to different neighborhoods that I haven't seen in London or going to museums like you know or actually actively being on the ground with some of the charities that I'm involved with that I often you know um, might tweet stuff out about or I might do a clip of a video but I haven't actually gone on the ground to the Amazon or I haven't you know and to do those things that I know add to a sense of fulfillment in my life that keep you know at various times I keep pushing off and pushing off and pushing off and so that um, I, I'm really really looking forward to actually actively instilling some some of that stuff. That sounds amazing because yeah it's the little things like that or big things like that that you could um you could wake up in five years and Oh, I haven't done that yet. That's, I mean, that's, that's so today. That's yeah. my, yeah, it is. I mean, my, my daughter and I have, if we have a day together, we always go to a museum and we, 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 you know, that's one of the things that is, is a part of our relationship. But it's, it's easy to let go. I mean, the last, that has been a part of our relationship for years. And I think the last time we went to one was probably early in 2016, which is very unusual for us. But so it's those things, things can get away from us when we, drive ourselves too hard and we don't keep track of the things that are actually really meaningful yeah well this book is that total wake-up call i found and i'm really feeling very inspired after reading it so everyone listening has to go and get it if you aren't already on your way to get it and also polly's in the room from harper collins so we should just where can we get it everyone all good bookstores so go Sorry get it to now. drag you in randomly. No. <laughs> Very happy to be dragged in, Emma. Thank you. And also on our website, and our website's really important because if you do find yourself wanting to connect up with other women who are doing it, you can send us a message and we'll publicise the fact you're doing it. And the other thing I should say is... And that that's wewomeneverywhere.org. Very good. Very good. Um, and just the other thing I should say is although we've written it for women, all the men we know who've read it have been really blown away by it and there is, uh, you know, all the universal principles in it are really good for men as well mm -hmm. as women. For everyone. Thank you so much.
Thank you very much for Thank having you. us. Thank you.